Hey, this is LOA Today, the Law of Attraction show. Welcome to LOA Today. My name is Walt Thiessen. And today is Tuesday, January 8th, 2013, our first broadcast of 2013. It's coming a little bit later than we originally planned, but we're finally here. We're finally doing it. And uh, now that we're past the holidays, we thought it would be a good time to perhaps help people who are having a little trouble. Now, obviously, our listeners are are from all around the world, so not everybody celebrates the Christian holidays. But for those who do celebrate the Christian holidays, we wanted to help you get past the Christmas blues. So that's the topic of our show today. And Louise, I know you've been giving a little thought to this. What what did you come up with that might be helpful to people? Well, my thoughts were primarily for those in the northern regions of the world who are also in the midst of winter, some more so than others. We here in Virginia only had a little snow just before Christmas, actually the day before and the day after. But um, New England and other parts of our country in the northern climes have had a lot of snow. And that can bring on doldrums of its own along with post-holiday blues. My thoughts being that The weather's not going anywhere. The time of year isn't going to change. What has to change is the way we deal with what's going on around us, what's happened in the past, what's happening in the present, and how we're looking at the future. And, of course, from an LOA perspective, what we think of, what our beliefs and feelings are is what's going to manifest itself. So the more positive we can be, the better our lives are going to be for us. Some of the ways to deal with the winter aspect, I've found through experience, living in Connecticut one year, living in a condo by myself, this is before I met Walt, we had a lot of snow that year. And Basically, my whole existence that winter was driving to work in the snow, navigating the roads and the crazy drivers, cleaning off my car, cleaning off my porch, my stairway, dealing with the snow's impediment of my getting places. And I got really depressed. And I think it was the little girls next door, through their behavior, reminded me that I wasn't playing with the snow. I was working or dealing with it. I wasn't having fun. So my advice to people is find ways to have fun with whatever's going on around you. Those of you who live in the snowy climbs, you know, get out and ski. If you're not into downhill skiing for the dangers or the equipment costs, try some cross-country skiing or some snowshoeing. Get out into the woods and see the beauty. Track the animals. Um, When I say that, I mean you're going to find all kinds of animal paw prints and bird um, prints in the snow. There are books that you can get that will identify what you're seeing. This is a time of year when there's less danger of running into a predator in the woods (laughs) of the four-legged kind. 
Um, and it can be a wonderful and amazing experience because in most areas, the woods are going to be quieter than the city streets that a lot of us have to deal with on a daily basis. Mm. If um, those kinds of things don't interest you or are more exertion than you want to put out, just go for a walk. One of my favorite things to do when I lived in Vermont was um, go for a walk in the evening. After the sun had set, the storm had passed, the air would be calm, there'd be no wind, the sky would be clear, and all my senses were heightened to what was going on around me in that the first thing would be the intake of the cold air would hit my lungs and my nose. Um, the crunch of the new fallen snow under my feet, I still love that sound mm. as you walk. Um, the smell of wood smoke, um, especially out in the countryside, people are burning wood uh, fires in their fireplaces or to heat their homes. So you've got that smell of wood smoke. Here in Virginia, there's a lot of hickory trees, so people are burning hickory, which has its own wonderful smell, a little bit like barbecue because they use a lot of hickory wood in barbecue. Um, look at the stars in the sky. If you can find a snowbank to just lay, lean against or lay down on and look up at the sky and enjoy the beauty that's there. While you're laying down, make a snow angel. Um, if there are kids around or if you're just a big kid, you can always make a snowman or have a non-violent snowball fight or build a <laughs> snow fort, go sledding, any of those outdoor activities that make use of the snow for fun uh, can really lift your spirits. Ultimately, too, what this all amounts to is regardless of whether you live in a snowy climate or not, it's about finding out what, well, not finding out, but rediscovering what is already in your area, what is already part of your current day-to-day -day existence outdoors, and finding beauty in it. Right. Because that's really what the, the, the whole concept of positive thinking and law of attraction is all about. It's finding the good side, the beauty, the, the joy in the, the basic everyday common stuff around you, and then celebrating that joy, knowing that the more that we celebrate it, the more that we find the beauty, the better our own feelings will be, the better our attitude will be, the better our mood will be, and miraculously, as our mood increases, as our uh, sense of joy increases, also, so does the ability of the universe to deliver good stuff to us increase as well. We, we start to notice more stuff. We start to see more stuff coming our way. More of our dreams start to apparently be coming true. And all of a sudden it starts to, if you'll forgive the phrase, snowball. <laughs> well, it does. The action and attitude will perpetuate getting things moving in that positive direction. And as you said, more of that will be attracted to us. We'll have that choice to make. So choosing things that you enjoy. Think of, especially if you live in a warmer climate, what kinds of things do you enjoy doing any time of the year? What things bring you joy? And do more of that concertedly. Make a conscious effort. Um, I've done it in this time of year, especially because I've usually lived in um, cold regions in the winter. I'll go to a uh, garden center that has an indoor greenhouse and I'll walk through and enjoy the warmth 
and the smells and the visuals of the plants in bloom or a garden show. Garden shows start popping up, I think, in the next month or so all over the country and maybe all over the world. Uh, take advantage of those. Go and, you know, don't be in a rush to get through. Yes, there are crowds, but take your time and really enjoy. Um, see the beauty. That's for me, is part of the joy and the positivity, is look closely at the plants. Now, at a garden show where um, a contestant, because they are competing, um, has made a landscape display. It's harder to look closely at the flowers, but there are um, exhibits of uh, flower arranging or just a single plant that you can get closer to. And if you're lucky enough to have a camera with a telephoto lens, you can stand behind the velvet ropes mm. and zoom in. And for me, it's looking at the very details in the center of the plant, the tiniest details, to see the absolute beauty and symmetry and artistry of the plants. You know, what you were talking about with both plants, and earlier you were referring to looking at the stars, both of those examples remind me of the trip we took a number of years ago to, to Barbados. Mm -hmm. And while we were in Barbados, which of course is a, a Caribbean island and it, it's uh, very tropical, very lovely weather and so forth, uh, but while we were there and, and enjoying their tropical garden, they had beautiful tropical gardens there, uh, a couple of thoughts came to our mind. First, those of us who live in the northern climates uh, were wondrous at the idea that, that some of the precious plants that we have that only last for certain times of the year, they grow year-round there. <laughs> and outdoors as just ornamental Just plants. regular regular or ornamental plants. And the other thing that occurred to me is, like you were describing, we would look close at those plants. We would look close at the, the plants that they had in their botanical garden, and they were beautiful. I mean, the the interior of, of the flowers, the the variegation of the, the leaves of, of, of the leaf plants and so forth was truly striking in a way perhaps that was even greater than anything that we would normally see in North America. So it goes to show no matter where you are, there are special things in nature ready to just lift your spirits if you're willing to go find them. Right, right. Aquariums, I mean, look at the, the markings on some of those tropical fish. Um, and that just watching them in an aquarium, you know, they talk about household aquariums, but go to a large aquarium and just don't rush. Let the peace and the calmness of that atmosphere um, affect you. Um, it can do wonders to counterbalance any of the negativity that's happened. And the idea of looking at the stars works for anyone, including people who live in a city, and all they have to do is, is just try to get a little bit outside the city limits. But even if you don't live in a city, especially if you don't live in a city, if you live in a more rural area, your ability, because of the, the relatively less or, or perhaps even total lack of surrounding light um, spill, if you will, from the cities, from, from, from towns and so forth, makes it easy uh, at night in a, a, especially a rural area, to see a lot more of the celestial skies, to see a lot more of the, the stars and the constellations and so forth. And it gives us a great opportunity to do what kids naturally do, which is to just 
wonder and glory and, and be awed by how many billions of stars there are. And, and even though we can only see a small fraction of them because of the uh, limitations that the atmosphere give us, we still see tons and tons of stars. I mean, it's far more than I can count, I can tell you that. Right. And you can always, if you want to know more about it, go to your local observatory or planetarium mm-hmm. and uh, go to one of their shows. Usually um, they do seasonal shows, so they might have one for... In our area, it would be the the winter sky. In the southern hemisphere, it would be their summer sky. Um, There are all kinds of information uh, about that. The other thing, too, especially if you're more housebound, is movies. Mm. Um, Getting movies that are uplifting. Stay away from the sci-fi and the murder and the mayhem and the excessive... um, chaos and drama, and look for the ones that um, have a, an uplifting message. They're not going to be the ones that were at your local cinema this summer, probably, or winter, depending on where you live, um, but they may be on your computer. You may be able to download something off of YouTube or somewhere else. Um, there's been a whole series of nature um, documentaries. On, on sea life, on animal life. And unfortunately, some of those do come with a message about c- conservation, um, but that tends to be a smaller part of the whole. But um, enjoy not, not that those. there's anything wrong with conservation. No. It's just that we like to emphasize the part, of, the beauty of what we're looking at and not get caught up in the political messages. Right, right. Um, but to enjoy those kinds of things. Take books out of the library and read um, inspirational pieces. I mean, we're big fans of Mike Dooley and trying to read something of that every day. Um, Keep in mind that part of how we got into such a strong negative flow was the constant barrage of negative information over and over and over again in our earlier lives. Well, part of the way to counteract that is to have repetition of positive things in our lives. So watching an uplifting um, speech or presentation or movie, as long as you're getting something out of it, there's nothing I would say to stop doing that, keep reprogramming your mind towards the positive. Mm-hmm in any way you can. You mentioned Mike Dooley, and we were talking earlier about the stars. Mike Dooley does a whole thing about the stars. He, he points out, and, and he's doing this to point out the, the wonders and, and the magic of creation as a whole, but he points out that our Milky Way galaxy, according to scientists, has over 100 billion stars in it. And the sci- same scientists also tell us that the Milky Way galaxy itself is one of over 100 billion galaxies, and that when you look uh, closer to home here on Earth and we look at the species here, we find there are hundreds of millions of species. Just The, the Earth is just teeming with species everywhere, and, and you just continue either in either direction, either toward the, the larger stuff, the galaxies, or toward the smaller stuff down to the amoeba, and you find there's just life everywhere. There's just existence everywhere. There's stuff going on everywhere. That alone is enough to, well, it can do one of two things. It can overwhelm you. That's one possibility. But the other possibility is you can say to yourself, wow, 
Look at all the creation that's been going on. Look at all of the stuff that has developed over time that continues to develop over time. That's worth celebrating. That's something to get excited about, especially as we realize, again, through the law of attraction, that we are the creators. We create through through our thoughts. As Mike says, thoughts become things. Well, guess what? That's how the universe came about. Thoughts became things. <laughs> and as you're saying that, I'm remembering uh, when I think it was a nature um, documentary on uh, birds and looking at some of the birds, you know, they had up close um, photography of the birds and thinking who got to be the artist that mm. painted those beautiful colors on that bird around his eye, almost like makeup is applied on women and the stripes and the feathers and um, just the imagination that went into coming up with all the colorations and variations as just from, I have a bit of an artistic eye, so that just really struck me. Um, the beauty of that, and as a result of watching that and even just talking about it, I get excited and I get mm. energized and uplifted. Um, it was just fascinating to watch, and especially that documentary. I pulled Walt in several times to come see it on TV. It's like, how do they get so close to the birds? <laughs> Are they using ultralights? Because there, you know, there's no sound of a helicopter or um, an airplane, or, an airplane yeah. or shadow, and they're getting so close. And yes, I understand they use super um, telephoto lenses. But they're flying in the midst of a migration of birds. Mm. Or at least they filmed it so it looked like they were in the midst. Maybe they used, you know, a radio um, controlled bird simulator or something with a camera. But just the. Somebody had to come up with that idea. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to develop the equipment. Somebody had to go out in the field and spend hours finding the birds and following them and then editing and putting this wonderful piece together that I can sit on the in the comfort of my home on my nice comfortable couch and watch in awe and amazement um, and frequently forgetting that I had a piece in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of course, this, this whole uh, show we're doing today is for people who have post-holiday blues or perhaps are just experiencing other blues in their life, other forms of depression or you know, stuff going on that, that's getting them down. One of the things that tends to happen when you're feeling depression, when you're feeling down, is you f it, it can be very hard to break out of it. Even when you know that you have to take steps, you have to focus on beauty and so forth, it can still be hard to give yourself that nudge. So I just wanted to take a moment to address that particular point. When I get myself in that place, and fortunately it's been happening a lot less, especially as we've been studying Law of Attraction more and more, but when I do get in that place, it, it usually helps to just find one thing, just, just one, one thing of beauty to focus on, one good thing in our lives, one thing to be grateful for, one, one thing to just, okay, for five seconds, for 10 seconds, for 15 seconds, I'm just going to focus on how that one thing feels good. And that's the starting point. And for us, and I think even just before we started the show, I played a piece of um, music that um, Walt and I both have as our ringtones on our cell phones. <laughs> that um, really, I, I always dance. 
and I always feel better when I listen to it. And almost, almost everyone, um, within our obviously within our listening area, because they are on their computer or their iPhone or iPad or whatever, has access to music. Mm. And as most of you know, music is the great stimulator of emotion. It can take you on quite an emotional ride depending on the music you choose. And we choose primarily uplifting music that makes us happy, makes us dance, makes us smile. And um, I would think everybody could find at least one piece of music that brings a smile or gets their feet tapping. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, the, the, the rage over the last, what, five, six, seven years has been to create, uh, especially online, what are known as mashups, which is where you, you basically take elements of audiovisual material and mash it together and, and you select it based on some theme that you're trying to do. Well, one theme can be, hey, it makes me feel good. And indeed, that's something that each of us have, have tried to do. I, I've done it actually perhaps a little bit more, but I've actually put together a list of songs that always make me feel good. They make me feel up. And when I find myself in a down place and I need a kind of a jump start, so to speak, I'll play my mashup. And it'll be one song after another. After about four or five of them, I can't help it. My, my foot is tapping. I'm smiling. I'm bouncing in my chair or I'm dancing around the room or whatever it might be. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, I feel better. Even if only for another minute, I feel mm -hmm. better. Even for, for just the length of the song, I feel better. And that's where it starts. As long as you can get the start of feeling better, then it becomes easier to find ways to continue to feel better. Right. It's that one foot in front of the other, connecting them, be it whatever appeals to whatever sense. If it's something you eat that um, you really enjoy. Music, you know, putting um, a picture up. I always love to go to the garden centers um, for their calendars. Around here, some of the garden centers give away a free calendar, and mm. they've got beautiful pictures. Or I'll look for a calendar um, to give myself as a Christmas present yeah. um, that's got photos that I find inspiring. And I have in the past taken those pictures from the calendars and kept them. As, and, you know, matted them. Usually I didn't frame them because I changed them out, so, you know, yearly or whatever. But to put those around me, surround myself with um, things that I enjoy. Just looking around my environment here, I see a picture I, ha I bought at um, a yard sale, I think, which is a very long um, bird feeder. It's one of those long tubular bird feeders, and it's by the natural... Nature Conservancy. So it's got pictures of um, all kinds of different birds, colorful birds, feeding at that feeder, probably birds that don't naturally um, live in the same area. Yeah. But it reminded me of, I think it was two or three winters ago, we knew we were going to have a bad storm. And I went to the hardware store to get an, a second shovel because if both of us were going to be out there, we needed two shovels. And they had big 20-pound bags of bird seed on sale for like 4 or $6, something ridiculous. I remember. So I said, well, gee, if the snow's coming, the birds in our area aren't going to be able to get to their food supplies. At this price, I'm buying a big bag of food. And I would tromp out to the bird feeder, and then when the snow got too high, I just put dishes out on our 
little deck off our dining room. And our dining room has floor-to-ceiling, or well, almost floor-to-ceiling French doors. So if you're sitting in the um, living room, you can see through to the deck. And if you're sitting in the dining room, which is where Walt works from, you can see the deck. And the birds would come. And it was entertainment to watch them. It was. And the funniest thing was, and it's happened more than once, mm-hmm. and so we know it's not just a fluke, when that dish of seed got empty, the birds came and tapped their beaks on the glass windows of the door. Is it to say, hey, you're supposed to bring us more seed. Where's the seed? <laughs> and they did that two seasons in a row. I think the second year, I'm not sure we'd even put the seed out yet, but there was snow in the ground, and yep. they came to the door looking for their seed. So I had to go dig it out because we hadn't used it all up and put the seed out for them. So that just made my day. Watch First of all, just watching which birds would come, watching the pecking order, <laughs> literally, of which birds got to feed first and whether the male bird or the female bird got first dibs and how they would come and let us know they were hungry. In no uncertain terms. I mean, it, it, there was really not any doubt. You, you could see the bird, of course, as he, was, he or she was standing on the other side of the door because there were little windows there. They'd be pecking on the window. They, they, they'd peck on the window, tap, 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 and then they'd look at you, you know, with, with that bird eye that, that, that's like looking right through you because you could tell they weren't looking elsewhere. They weren't looking all over the place. They were looking right at you like, Okay, so come on, this is where you're supposed to get up. This what is you your wa- job. What are you waiting for? <laughs> get out of the chair. Of course, once you got up to go to the chair, they wanted to fly away because that's obviously a little bit too close for comfort for them. But they wanted you to do it, and as soon as you put the seed out, within about oh, a minute or so, they were all back. That's right. <laughs> and the squirrel, we had to keep chasing, trying to chase the squirrel yeah. off or put a separate dish up for him because... Uh, yeah, he figured out early he's bigger than the birds, and of course, that's not what we wanted. We wanted the birds. Right. <laughs> But that brought joy, and we haven't had the snow this year, so I haven't felt the need to buy the seed. And I maybe I need to go get some because I miss having them um, coming and seeing the the blue jays and the cardinals, and um, every once in a great while seeing a Virginia bluebird, which are very fleeting in that they're very fast moving and they're very shy. They do not land. Um, in unprotected areas for very long at all. So um, Another shy one is the red-headed woodpecker, and we got one of those, oh, too. Oh, yes. That was really amazing because, right. I mean, they are so skittish and so wary of human beings. But we had one in particular. He came right up there on the porch, and he was eating away at the seed. You know, any slight movement, he was flying away, but uh, we got to watch him for a while. Yeah. And, in fact, there was also, um, well, we have morning doves. And, of course, they have that uh, cooing sound, which is a little bit mournful, but it's also quite um, soothing in some ways. It is. You know, so all kinds of stuff, all kinds of birds would come through, really quite fascinating. So you can see we took what might have been an adverse situation, a snowstorm, we knew we wouldn't be able to get out, and we found a way to build in some natural entertainment just with a big bag of bird seed. Um, so look for those kinds of things. Don't let your imagination be curtailed in any way. Try things, see what works, talk to other people. That's a biggie. Talk to other people online, at your place of business, within your family. What do other people you know do 
that um, helps them get through because those ideas um, can help innumerably. Mm -hmm. yeah, if you're in school, talk to your school friends. If uh, you, you work, uh, talk to your, your fellow co-workers. If you're a volunteer, talk to your follow, fellow volunteers. Anybody, Anybody that you associate with. Even in the grocery store or anywhere, you know, just if you're... Well, I was going to say renting movies, but people don't do that in yeah. stores much anymore. But um, you can ask pe other people, and especially if you're hooked into LOA, put it out there on the LOA um, feeds as far as what are other people doing to uh, keep themselves going. You know, they have suggestions. Louise is, is famous within our family for her ability to connect with the very youngest of people in the world. So if we're out shopping, doing our weekly grocery shopping or something, um, we'll be in a store, and invariably there will be some tot uh, in a cart or something like that, and uh, the mom's busy with something, and the, the the kid is crying, or he's looking for attention or so forth, and then Louise will make eye contact with him, and within seconds of just you know giving him attention or giving her attention and just just smiling, smiling and reacting. Peekaboo. I mean, the, w within seconds, that child is all of a sudden engaged, happy, intrigued, enthralled. It's amazing. So. Even little kids you can do it with. That's right. Well, they're <laughs> often a real resource because they generally don't get the doldrums. They're just so busy into what they're doing. Mm. And, you know, sit down and play with them and get into their fantasy world and their play world and take yourself out of where you are for a while. Yeah, little kids are hardwired into learning how things work, learning how life works. And in the process of doing that, assuming that they're not being stifled every step of the way, that they're the ones who are probably better able to express joy than anybody else. What, mm -hmm. what a better place to try to, to get some inspiration than from little kids. Mm -hmm. And if the holidays weren't everything you wanted them to be, find ways to make your days special um, and what you would want them to be. Um, be it set a nice table for a meal, you know, put candles around a lot of us don't have a lot of money these days to decorate, but candles, just putting candle light around a room can really um, change the ambiance. Change. Uh, I know a lot of people who just change the furniture around. You know, They can't afford new things, but just move the, the furniture around for a different perspective or a different look within a room or your house. Um, can make a, a, a big difference or a small purchase of something bright and cheery, be it a plant, uh, a pillow, um, a picture, or anything um, that you can focus on. And I know in my living room, I place things <laughs> not terribly askew, but so that from where I'm sitting on the couch, I can see them and I can enjoy them because what's the point of having it if I can't see it and enjoy it? And even if you live in a family that perhaps has various dysfunctionalities or limitations or issues or whatever, and uh, they're not open to the idea of moving things around and so forth, virtually everybody has at least some small space somewhere within their home that's their own. So do your own space. That's right. Just focus on the, the part that you do control and take joy in that part. Don't worry about the rest of it. I mean, that's not in your control anyway, so just take it outside of your attention and focus your attention on the area of your home that you can control and that does make you happy. 
and you're saying that reminds me that a lot of people work in, you know, spend so much of their week in an office or a cubicle. Mm-hmm. And if you're allowed to have personal effects, put a, you know, a picture, be it of a person or a scene or an, you know, a figure, be it an animal or a painting, whatever, that brightens your world. Mm-hmm. Be it color. We have a tablecloth that I have on the um, dining room table most of the year. It's mostly what I would consider spring colors, but it's light blues and yellows and creams, and it's a combination that I just really love. And I will have that on the dining room table most of the year, even though it's not the season for it. I don't (laughs) care, because looking at that makes me feel a sense of joy. And lightness of heart so uh, even at the office if you can bring even if it's just one little item and if you can't have it out on your desk maybe it's in a drawer that you can pull the drawer open and give yourself a a quick jolt of joy (laughs) you know whatever it is surreptitious joy (laughs) well it's funny because i came home from work the other day and i couldn't wait to show walt Spreading joy is one of our, obviously, it's the theme song to our show, and it's part of what we're trying to incorporate in our lives. And I, we did a Secret Santa uh, gift exchange at um, the place where I work, and my boss was my, my Secret Santa. To those of you who aren't familiar with Secret Santa, you um, put the names of the people that work with you in a hat or in a container, and everybody picks one but it's done secretly. Nobody knows who the other person has picked, and you buy a present for them. And my secret Santa was my boss, who does know that I love jewelry making, and she bought me a gift card to one of the local um, craft stores. Well, I was tickled pink when I opened up the gift card because what was on the front of the card, not emblazoned was the name of the... Uh, store, but the word joy mm. in Christmas. I think the O was a wreath. I'd have to go and look, but it was bright metallic colors. And I said to Walt, when I have used the money on this card, I want to keep the card. I don't want to discard it because it's it's, it's a, a reminder. Yeah, it's and happy. it's and it's you know right in my pocket that I can flash to somebody else, or I can just look at it myself to remind myself to spread some joy, even if it's just spread it over myself. <laughs> well, on that note, we've we've covered quite a bit here. I think we, uh, hopefully we've given listeners some ideas if they're finding themselves in, in the doldrums, so to speak, uh, ways that they can get out of it. Anything that we want to throw in as a last-minute thought before we're done here, or shall we just uh, call it a show? Um, just know that there is joy, even in the darkest of homes, and lives there is joy even in the simple things um in a child's face in a bird outside in the sky you don't even have to pay for much of the joy that the world has to offer you just have to be willing to open your eyes and see it and take it in and then piece one joyful moment with another and connect them And the more you do that, the more joyful 
and positive experiences will come your way. It's your choice to take that or the negative. So decide which you want to have in your life and watch the abundance of that and other things start to unfold in front of you and re rejoice in that. Absolutely right, because that's where abundance starts. It starts in happiness and joy. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.